Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is EdTech in the Classroom, episode number nine. Today, we're going to be talking to Learning.com all about their four pillars of learning and how you guys can bring in some great lessons of professional learning into your school districts. I have with me today Jeff Meyer, the Director of Education from Learning.com. Jeff, how are you today? Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back, Jeff. It is so nice to see you guys. I'm so glad that we had a chance to have you guys on the show today. Of course, you guys remember out there in in, in TeacherCast world, we had the Listening.com crew on this past summer at ISTE. What did you guys think of ISTE? 20,000 teachers all getting together to help out students. How was your ISTE? Oh, it's very exciting. We were pleased to be there because Learning.com's Digital Literacy Curriculum Easy Tech had been awarded the ISTE Seal of Alignment. And Mm -hmm. we also got an opportunity to um, uh, share with everyone about uh, integrating with Google Classroom. Uh, All of our digital literacy content now works in any learning management system, and particularly in Google Classroom, where a lot of people are looking for ways to integrate digital literacy into the curriculum. We're making that easy for them. You know, I I remember talking about that, and you said that it was going to be a fall release. Congratulations. I heard everything is going well. So, So what exactly does that mean for teachers? You said any learning management system, Google Classroom, full integration. What kind of features are teachers now able to have? Yeah, uh, with uh, our integrations with various learning management systems, you can do things like uh, deliver uh, digital learning content, like our Easy Tech digital literacy content, right in that learning management system. And you also have the capability even for grade pass back. So not only you don't have to go to our platform, say, to look for a student's grades, a student will see their own grades in Google Classroom or Schoology or Canvas, and a teacher can monitor progress there, too. It eliminates all those multiple logins and all those multiple systems that kids have to go through to get uh, good digital content. It's delivered right to them in the environment they need. You know, Jeff, I love how when you go over to learning.com, you can find a simple solution that you can use to basically bring your students to that next level. And that's why today we're going to be talking about the four pillars for learning over here. And and talk to us a little bit about them. Let me see if I have them right here. We have keyboarding, online safety, coding, and business applications. Why is it important that learning.com present a complete package for school districts? Yeah, it's important that we deliver a complete package for school districts because so many times when you're looking to deliver a comprehensive digital literacy curriculum, you have to pull the different pieces or create a certain piece for yourself, and you end up pulling resources from all over the place, and it gets hard to know uh, how to cover all the standards you want to cover or all the topics you want to cover uh, without a whole lot of work. What we do is we put it all together, we make sure it's standards aligned and vetted, and deliver it in one solution uh, right in your own LMS or ours if you prefer so that it's easy to integrate digital literacy instruction uh, into your classroom. And you know as a technology coach at the beginning of the year we're having these meetings with our administration with our school boards with our communities and the question that pops up and I really feel this is the, the, the focal question of every school district is, what do we want our students to be able to do, right? It's not the question of what tool do we want them to master? It's not the, what, what, you know, what standard do we want them to be an expert on? But really, what do we want our students to be able to do? Talk to us a little bit about your digital literacy curriculum and what kind of features it brings to the table. 
Yeah, sure. So EasyTech is our primary digital literacy curriculum, and it is driven by standards, but those standards are all about kids being able to grow into the future digital, the, the future digital and technology-driven economy. And we don't even know how all of that's going to pan out now, but we know that digital literacy is going to be a key component. So whether kids are, are building those foundational skills like keyboarding and online safety, or they're trying to learn uh, how to uh, function in school or in the workplace or in college with business apps, or if they're learning even to get their, or trying to get their uh, toes wet, if you will, into computational thinking and coding, we put all of that together and we give you uh, the guidance, the lesson plans, and all of the progress monitoring you need to know where your kids are as they move toward learning all of those things and preparing them uh, to uh, be successful in an increasingly digital world. So I, I want to kind of break this down here. Be- before we get into the, to the, you know, the, the, the four pillars here, when it comes to digital literacy, we really are teaching two different kinds of, of people we're setting this up to teach our students but really i feel that today more than ever school districts have to teach the community have to teach the parents about digital literacy what is it why is it important what are some of the things so that way parents don't just see this as kids in school with screen time but really kids using these tools to be enhanced for their future is it is it vitally important? Is it really important? Like, where, where are we when it comes to school districts providing an education, not just for the students, but educating the community about what 21st century learning looks like? Yeah, it's a hard, it's a, it's a kind of a difficult topic because what we know is that digital literacy and technology are going to play a vital role in what kids are going to be doing in the future, whether it's the immediate future and they're having to take online assessments, they have to have digital literacy skills for those, or it's a little further down the road uh, as they get to college and careers. But we know that uh, technology is going to play a vital role in wherever kids go. And even though we don't know what all of the jobs of the future may be in the 21st century. We know that we have that we are playing, kind of hedging our bets a little bit by ensuring that the kids that we're educating now have the employable skills that they can apply to whatever those settings may be, because we know those settings are going to be so technologically oriented, and uh, that kids are going to need these digital skills to function in those those jobs. Talking today to Jeff Meyer, the director of education from learning.com. And, you know, Jeff, even though we've only had a few days of school, even last week I had a teacher come to me and say, you know, I, I know I have to be teaching my kids how to be better typists how to be better key, I don't know is it do we call it typist keyboards what is what is the term these days right they need <laughs> well, to know how to do those things and how to teach those skills talk to us a little bit about your your keyboarding curriculum yeah sure so one of our four pillars is indeed the the idea that kids should have a pr- proficient keyboarding skills and you know to, keyboarding isn't always a real glamorous topic uh, in digital literacy instruction compared to things like coding or something like that but it's really a necessary skill for the present and probably remains a vital skill even into the future. You know, kids have to adequately keyboard for high stakes online assessments right now, like PARC or Smarter Balance. As soon as even third grade, kids are expected to keyboard short responses 
for math or language arts questions on, on these sorts of assessments. Now, these assessments measure reading, writing, and math achievement. But if kids don't have digital literacy skills, in this case, the ability to keyboard short responses, they're not going to be able to answer those reading, writing, or mathematics questions on those assessments. And so we don't get a real picture of the student's real achievement in those core areas. Down the future, we're still going to need uh, keyboarding skills because the kids are going to have to type research papers once they get into middle school and high school. They're certainly going to need those skills when they get into college. And it's also a foundational skill for other digital literacy skills. One more thing about keyboarding, Jeff, is that keyboarding is really a big payoff for a little bit of instructional time, particularly if you are trying to teach keyboarding with some sort of personalized or gamified learning assessment or software. Here at learning.com, EasyTech contains something called adaptive keyboarding and what it does is as kids get into particularly later elementary and middle school they develop their keyboarding skills in a personalized learning environment that focuses on their personal results around word per minute rate accuracy uh, technique and things like that so it's really vital that kids have those skills you know i love the First of all, I mean, anybody that's listening here, go to learning.com, check out the four pillars here. Of course, we're going to have all the links in our show notes here. But, you know, I love the fact that your applications here are cross-platform, right? You can do this on a Mac, on a Windows PC, on a Chromebook. No matter what kind of a learning environment your school has, learning.com has a, has a you know, can be used on those different platforms. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to, be, to being interoperable with L uh, any LMS, the content itself of what we teach is not limited just to say Microsoft Office or uh, a Mac or Apple application. Instead, we try to, to approach teaching digital literacy skills from a more uh, transferable approach. In other words, transferable skills. It doesn't matter uh, whether I use Windows operating system or uh, Apple or whatever it may be, or if I use Microsoft Office versus Keynote, uh, what's important is knowing how to use all word processors, all spread, how to use all spreadsheet programs, looking at the consistencies between those applications so that we have those transferable skills and we can use them no matter what software we're, we're uh, uh, approached with or have to use in our school or in our work. And also, in order to get as many students as possible to go to that next level, am I correct in saying that your software applications are also bilingual? Uh, we, we do have bilingual content. Uh, our content is available in both English and in Spanish. We have Spanish captions, subtitles, and other things like that. So one of the things that I love about your software here is not only is it centered on what the students can do, but also the knowledge of the real world things that are going on around them. Talk to us a little bit about your online safety curriculum and what it really brings to this table. Sure. Uh, well, what we want to make sure is that uh, kids are safe online and that they are ethically using the Internet and digital resources as they get older. You know, even as early as kindergarten, it's important to have at least conversations and discussions about sensitive online safety topics. Uh, we may not be wanting to turn our youngest students over onto the Internet and just giving them free reign, but we can certainly talk to them, uh, make sure that they understand school or class 
classroom guidelines about technology use. And then as the students get older, we can give them more experience online, uh, help them develop more sophisticated understanding of topics like cyberbullying and online safety. And then as students move on into, say, later elementary and middle school, uh, the uh, approach probably shifts a little bit more to how students are using the internet. Are they critical consumers of content? And do they cite sources? And do they use their resources uh, that they find ethically and respect copyright and fair use? You know, it's important for any student, you know, again, I'm, I'm saying this from the point of view of I've got four-year-olds at home now, right? We talk about making sure that they're going to safe apps, right? Like they know which apps to use that, you know, daddy doesn't want you to use these apps, <laughs> only go to these apps here. Don't look at these YouTube videos, only look at these. I mean, we, we've gotten to the point now where they have their own Netflix account that's just locked down for, for their, I mean, this is four years old here. It's really, really important to be starting these conversations at an early age. How are these lessons presented? Is it just is it lecture based? Is it interactive? Is it push and drag with different buttons? How are the kids learning these skills? Yeah, most of learning.com's digital literacy content in the four pillars is highly interactive. There's audio and there's video content and students watch and listen as they're instructed in our lessons but they also respond to questions uh, and we grade their responses and return those grades back to LMSs or an online grade book in our platform. Uh, so uh, lots of uh, interaction. Now we also provide other sorts of uh, content as well where kids are actually completing projects, utilizing real software tools to do real things. Uh, they may create an algorithm for students uh, to get uh, from, say, a classroom to the gym, or they may uh, create an online survey where they're testing to see what their uh, fellow students like to uh, eat as far as ethnic foods, and that is, is recorded in a, a spreadsheet. So there's all sorts of application exercises that allow students to apply what they learn in our interactive lessons to create real projects and things like that. There's also built-in quizzes, too, so that if you need to take a quick snapshot of a student's uh, uh, proficiency in, say, spreadsheets or any of the other pillars, you can find that out, too. You know, uh, going back to the, the the students that were that were growing here, my, my four-year-old triplets here, we have spent the summertime doing a lot of robotics. We've spent our, our, our summertime building with different colored plastic bricks. <laughs> you guys seem to have taken this concept of STEM and really put it into the hands of students of, of all ages for this. Why was it important to bring coding and coding skills into these four pillars? Yeah, uh, we think it's vital because we think every kid should at least be exposed to the concept of computational thinking and coding. And uh, hopefully, uh, for those kids who are exposed, there will be a number of those kids who will move on and want to do more advanced topics. So what we try to do is approach uh, coding from really uh, kind of two perspectives. First, develop computational thinking skills amongst all the kids. Uh, computational thinking skills, if you haven't heard about them, are all about helping kids to, to actually think and solve problems like computer scientists or designers solve problems, right? Uh, you develop algorithms, you test your algorithms, you model them, you test them, and then you refine them, that sort of thing. But, so we have lessons that are built entirely around creating these mindsets around computational thinking. 
once you have that computational thinking, it's a foundation for coding. And we also provide coding solutions for kids at grades three through five. We call it Easy Code Foundations. They code uh, real things in CoffeeScript. And for older kids at middle school, we help them code in Python uh, using something we call Easy Code Pillars, also contained within our Easy Tech Digital Literacy content. And I love that those languages are things that once they, I don't want to say, is it graduate from the system, they can bring right into the high school, into the college ages, and really bring that foundation for a lifetime of digital uh, building, if you will. Yeah, it, it's clearly the idea that we want to build an interest uh, among all students, but uh, particularly uh, prime those students who want to look at perhaps a career in coding so that they can move on to more advanced topics. But even using our stuff, uh, they can do everything from uh, learn how to code to actually gain, uh, to do things like create their own projects or game designs and things like that. So it's pretty sophisticated. Now, one of the things that I remember talking to you guys about at ISTE was the need for the older students to feel a part of this digital learning cycle. And so many teachers that I run into don't, don't even know these business applications that you guys are teaching to your students here, things like spreadsheets and, and really the deep word processing things. I find a lot of students are saying, yeah, I know how to use Word, I know how to use Docs, but, but to really dive into those applications, it's a different conversation. Talk to us a little bit about some of the topics that you guys get into with these business applications that are going to give the students an edge into their college years. Yeah, sure. Uh, so one of our pillars is applied productivity and business applications. And part of that instruction for students really from K through eight, but particularly focusing starting on third or fourth grade when kids are emerging readers or writers, uh, we really want to focus on helping them develop uh, their skills in three areas, word processing, spreadsheets and presentations. Uh, you know, with word processing, starting at about third or fourth grade, that's a great time uh, to introduce word processing because kids are usually working with the writing process in language arts or in other classes. And uh, learning how to word process at the same time that you're learning about writing process, drafting, revising, editing, uh, and publishing is uh, very helpful because you can learn how to uh, work through c the composition process at the same time that you learn how to use a word processor. All of our content in word processing is kind of built around this idea of integrating with the writing process. Spreadsheets are vital uh, in, stand in almost every core content standard you hear about. Uh, kids should be able to use visual representations to interpret graphs and charts, predict trends, and make conclusions. And uh, that's exactly what kids are learning with our spreadsheet content. Uh, from about grades three all the way through eighth and beyond, uh, we provide opportunities for kids to build spreadsheets and then to apply them to do real things. And then, obviously, presentations are important because all of us are using both visual and oral communication in order to sell ideas or to explain ideas that we've, under that we've uh, begun to create. And so uh, we have a full curriculum all around how to use presentation software, uh, but that's both effective uh, from a visual standpoint and also from com communicating an idea clearly. So, Jeff, clearly learning.com has a complete solution here, but I think every teacher out there is wondering, how do we get this? Is this something that a teacher needs to go on their own and they can sign up, or is this more of a district-level purchase that you're going to be buying in bulk, or is it both? 
Uh, well, for right now, usually uh, the way we, we work is we work directly with schools at the school level. Uh, we provide uh, year-long subscriptions for all the, school, the students in your school, or we provide school licensing agreements as well. We also work on a district level uh, at this point. So if I was a teacher, I would check out learning.com, and if I thought it was a great thing, I would go talk to my principal, tell them a little bit about learning.com, and work from that way. Uh, because usually the learning.com is, is purchased uh, through a school or district level sort of uh, initiative. And of course, if you go over to teachercast.net and you, you just do a search for learning.com, we've got a, a, quite a few podcasts at this point with the team from learning.com. And you're going to have all the great links in there. Jeff, where can we go to find more information about learning.com? Because you guys are pretty active on social media. Yeah, uh, well, the best place to get started is always just go to www.learning.com. And when you get there, you'll find that there will be a a page that will show you all of our digital literacy solutions, and uh, including Easy Tech and all of our digital literacy assessments and all the other things that we do that support the uh, development and understanding of of the four pillars that we talked about today. Jeff, I want to say thank you so much for for coming on the show today, for for being a return guest. It's always great to have you guys on, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next year in Philadelphia at ISTE 2000, and oh my goodness, I'm going to say 2019 ISTE. Um, Hard to believe. Absolutely hard to believe, and we want to know what you guys are out there doing. Are you guys bringing in these digital citizenships, these digital literacy skills into your classroom? How are you teaching it? How are you guys teaching STEM education, online safety, keyboarding? We want to know from you guys. Reach out to us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a a message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. And of course, you can always email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. Let us know what you guys are doing. We want to hear from you guys. Or of course, you can always leave us a comment down below. And of course, one more time, we want to say thank you to our friends over at learning.com for coming on and supporting the TeacherCast Educational Network. And on behalf of everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students. 